This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 16 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Pat. I'm Eddie. And we have a very special guest with us today, Billy, who's joining us from the Daydream Instruction Manual podcast. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Welcome back to another great episode, everybody. It feels like it's uh, been a little while. I think we say that after every uh, episode, though. Yeah, we do, but it's all right. Yeah. You know, like like you said, the operating word here is not just paranormal, it's dads. To get the three of us together in the same room, the planets literally have to be aligned <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. correct phase yeah. in order for us to be able to make this thing work. But, and this time we know, didn't just get three of us together. We got a we special got a guest here. Billy, thanks for being here. I think Billy is actually a little bit of a fan, or, or you should say mutual admiration. Uh, you've listened to Call a lot of Billy. the episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, being part of... Uh, the podcast arcade as a whole, uh, I always try and support everyone, but when Eddie had let me know that he was starting a, a paranormal show and and uh, we had kind of briefly met, you know, through through uh, some of our previous events and whatnot, and I was like, wow, that, that sounds really cool. So uh, I, I was anticipating it, because I, I always love this stuff. I'm a big horror movie guy, so um, I just always enjoy the idea of this kind of thing. Uh, Bigfoot is is like totally real to me and and all that. So a show about that, you know, that's part of the network. Yeah, I was really excited, and now I'm a dad, so I can be on the show. You fit all the criteria. <laughs> when he Literally. says he likes the paranormal guys, I'm looking at his forearms, and he has tattoos of skulls and pumpkins and Chucky and all sorts of good <laughs> stuff. So believe it, he's not just blowing smoke. He actually likes the paranormal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> actually, none of us are sporting tattoos of that, so we're a little behind the game, guys. Well, you have a flaming soccer ball. Well, I do have fire. <laughs> we just need to replace the soccer ball with a skull, and, and now I'm halfway there. There's a skull inside the soccer ball. Ooh. Watch out, Billy. I'm really competitive, man. <laughs> I know. We I'm played, have four uh, on me by next time. What did we play? We played that soccer race car game. It was, uh, it's uh, Rocket League. That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was fun. A lot, a lot of trash talking uh, on our. Uh, <laughs> it was on our podcast arcade get together Christmas mm-hmm. special deal. Yeah, we had fun. Got a little competitive with all the video games. Yeah, I won. Came no to, big deal. Came down to you and Aaron <laughs> from Geek Vice, who are like the the actual soccer players. Yeah, yeah. That, I thought that was ironic. But he was talking <laughs> mad stuff too. He, but well, he's a super gamer. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're able to join us. Yeah, so. no, I'm, me too. Totally random and fun. Yep. And Billy's also involved with a couple of podcasts from the podcast arcade. Yes, the other one is uh, Underground Inc. Uh, that was uh, uh, my my actual podcast that uh, Ben and I started uh, a while back. And um, 
Yeah. So uh, I guess as the years go by, it just spider webs out into yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Eddie does. He share he he takes a passion and he involves everybody and ropes everybody in and makes them enthusiastic about it as well. Yeah. I'm kind of like cancer, but happy cancer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm like it spreads in a, in a good I way spread though. Spread it out in a good way. Yeah. Eddie, Speaking of cancer, my guys. grandma died of happy cancer. <laughs> just kidding. I hurt everybody's feelings. <laughs> I have all my grandmothers. So. Okay, good. That's Speaking okay of cancer, oh, how about this weather? We've been having. Oh my good! The about, winter that will not end. Talk is, about paranormal. It, it's the middle of April, and we're still struggling to get out of like 32 degree temperatures. But I have something coming up next that will put you in the right frame of mind to take that road trip to hit out on the road, truck out, do a vacation this summer, summer enjoy warmer. some warm weather. Ooh. And that's all coming up next. Are, are you dropping a teaser for the first segment, Pat? I are am. you segwaying? <laughs> I'm segwaying. It seems like Pat's pulling off the paranormal highway to our next stop. Here we go. We're easing into recent Fun. sightings. So this summer, you need to take a trip. You need to get away. These are the best cities for UFO sightings. Oh! This is data pulled from a book. It's called UFO Sightings Desk Reference, United States of America, 2001-2015. And it was written by Cheryl Costa and Linda Miller Costa. I believe it just came out last fall. And uh, so they basically are covering um, all kinds of... uh, aspects of UFOs in the United States and and sightings and things that have happened. Cool. So one of the things they broke it down into were the top 25 cities to spot a UFO in. Coming in number one, any guesses? Omaha! No. Uh, I don't know. Do we go with number one or do we... You know, do you want to back it off? I, we, we can go the other route. Go the other route. I, I, number one, I am going to say... Well, let's guess, and we'll see. I'm going to say Sedona, end. Arizona. I'm just going to throw it out okay. there because it's so obscure. And it's close. Am I close? Oh, you're close. I'm oh, in the ballpark. Is it, is it Roswell? No. Oh. I, I'm sticking to Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be fair weather. <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona, number one. Phoenix. Well, you got to figure, you know, the Phoenix Lights Phoenix event Lights. in 1997 was a big one. We talked about that. We have a whole episode on that. We do. Um, and then, uh, ever since that happened, residents of Phoenix and the surrounding counties have been very diligent about reporting UFOs. Uh, recently, just like a couple months ago in the middle of February, there were two commercial pilots flying over the Arizona desert that claimed they saw a UFO, um, pass overhead as they're at like 37,000 feet. Yeah. So, um, they were up there a ways and according to... Uh, a radio broadcast released by the FAA between the pilots and air traffic control. Uh, you basically get the give and take between the pilots and the air traffic control about uh, what was going on. So you you got, uh, first you hear the pilot come on. He says, was anybody above us that passed like 30 seconds ago? Going 4 billion miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and the air traffic controller says negative and the pilot says okay well something did and then all of a sudden you hear somebody say a ufo and then they're kind of laughing but it wasn't clear if it was the air traffic controller who said that or if it was a pilot who said that and and uh just minutes later the fa controller alerted 
an American Airlines plane that was flying in the area. He says, American 1095, let me know if you uh, anything passes over you here in the next 15 miles or so. And then shortly, a short time later, the pilot radios back and he says, yeah, something just passed over us. I don't know what it was, but at least two to 3,000 feet above us, yeah, it passed right over the top of us. And so, um, you know, the FAA released all this. Uh, it's unclear it's, whether it, it was spotted, um, if it was a UFO, but... Uh, I guess by very definition it would be, though, right? I mean, I it is. It's yeah, it's yeah, 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 whether it's it alien aircraft. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the weird thing is, why did they release it? Because, you know, in the past, they, they're so secretive about it. You know, pilots, they discourage them from stepping forward, if, even if they do see something. How come with this? They're like, oh, hey, general public, uh, there's something in our airspace. We had no idea what it was. What's what's the difference now that they're so, so open all of a sudden? And the interesting thing is, this only happened... This was like February 24th of this year, 2018, so it... I mean, it's fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. you know, I they didn't sit on it for a while. A, a deal of like, and it's almost the way it, things work, like just news-wise anymore. You know, and not to get like on like a, a a political or a scandalous you know type of thing, but like pretty much if you don't just come right out saying something. If someone else announces it later, then you're still hiding something. It's, yes. it's going to get out. So then it's right. like. Yeah, we're almost in a different era of news. Where like it's, it's like going you, to yeah. get out, and now you're you're you know screwing over the public or something. Right. Well, and you think about how many scanners are out there, people listening to air traffic control, oh, yeah. communication, and even on the web you can listen to radio. Well, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of uh, you know I suppose they'd be considered you know like the wackadoodles who are like always on their ham radios like. I need to find out if there's anything, you know, anything going on. And tinfoil hat guys. You got the tinfoil right. hat and, and guy with, you know, for his dog. Yeah. But, but, you know, they're obviously, especially like in an area like that, I mean, number one sighting in, in the country area, you know, like you're going to have those people who are trying to figure out at all costs right. what's going on. And number two on the list was not very far away. Las Vegas, Nevada. Really? And it's interesting since Las Vegas is constantly lit up, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. there's so much light pollution in that place. It's interesting that there's still a lot of UFO sightings in Las Vegas. Of course, not very far away from Area 51. Very close. The the um, Las Vegas airport actually flies uh, commercial jets uh, of employees at Area 51. They're called Janet flights. They don't have regular numbers it's not like flight ninety five ten. It's called they're called Janet flights. Janet one, Janet nine, Janet twelve. I wonder and why Janet. I don't know. Nobody knows. And then they get they go into Area fifty one. So uh, it can't you be a long flight. Employees, employees. Uh, yeah. of yeah. Area fifty one. And they're not even secretive about it. They're like, yeah, we're government workers. We're yeah. going to the military base over yonder. And but it's yeah, it's weird. So it must be really close if if that's the nearest airport that flies into Area fifty one from civilian territory. I was just going to quote Rocky Horror Picture Show. You ever see that movie? Oh, yeah, I have, but I don't know the <laughs> Janet reference. Oh, was damn, it, damn it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> I love you. I, um, it, it's so interesting. I was in, I think we've all on some level have been to Vegas, right? Like all mm -hmm. of us have been there at least once. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Andy, not once. <laughs> nope. Andy's like, <laughs> not yet. What's this Vegas I hear so much about? Maybe this year, though. It is, a, a, so I've gone there for work a ton, and 
I mean, obviously the strip and all that is what it is. But even when you get into the city and the surround, my big thing was the surrounding areas. And it's so hard not to let your environment like, like play tricks on your brain. Oh yeah. But like as a guy who grew up on the East Coast and now has lived in the Midwest for 20 years, being out there, it looks so different than anything you've ever seen. Just the notion of miles of desert and just the climate, everything is so different. It's very for for. People, you know, like like me, who spent most of his life in the Midwest, yeah. going out there, it's like you're on an entirely different planet. Yeah, it's so different looking. Yeah, just the it's geo- cool. Oh, it's very cool, but it, it's almost ripe for your imagination to take over, especially as the sun is setting and you're in the desert and you're looking out amongst all this right. weird stuff. And the mountains kind of become silhouettes. Yeah. And, uh, no, so, cool. I mean, it's very interesting. I I would love to spend some time in those areas and do so, some hunting. Some alien hunting. Alien hunting. So Vegas is number two. Would it have anything to do with the fact that there's a really loose, open container oh, laws? <laughs> a, a lot of inebriated people walking around the Strip. Would that have anything to do with it? A little. There are a couple uh, pretty cool museums in Vegas uh, for like a lot of that stuff. You know, Area 51 type things and UFO sightings and whatnot. That totally worth going and checking out. I think they really embrace the culture too. There, I mean, they, ha- I, you know, you see on the Travel Channel and whatnot, they have, you know, Area Fifty One and Roswell mm-hmm. expos, and yeah. right in Las yeah. Vegas, you yeah. know, the, all the time. So they truly kind of embrace that. Well, so it's close by, and you know, it's touristy. And, yeah. Number three was kind of a surprise to me. Um, it's up in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, Portland, you know, home to Bigfoot. So you know, they get they got their Bigfoot during the day. Or, yeah. You know, in the woods. <laughs> then at night, when the stars come out, they can look up and see a UFO. But Seattle, Washington was number three. Don't they have legalized marijuana there? <laughs> they do. <laughs> and they have a good view to look up from the Space Needle. There you go. Can Alien and Bigfoot breed? I don't. Well, there's some thoughts. Bigfoot might be there's, an alien. I, there's I have heard that. Yeah. 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 Like some sort of experiment let loose and see how it does. Like is Bigfoot the alien experiment let yeah. loose? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones I read. Who knows? Not to be uh, forgotten, number four, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, really? So, home of the Cubs. Didn't realize. Also have you have UFO, UFO sightings. O'Hare is a huge airport. Oh, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> oh, I think it was 2008, if my memory serves me right, but O'Hare Airport was actually shut down. There were some flights canceled at one point in time recently, just a few years back, because there was a UFO hovering above airspace. Um, and, th- and there's audio. If you if you search out there, there's audio of people, again, joking. There's something hovering above. Get a, get a visual. Guys, you know, air traffic controllers, oh, man, must be UFOs again. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone kind of laughs to save face and brush it off. Uh, some people actually got uh, photographic evidence, and the thing shot off. And it was kind of weird, but it punched a hole through the cloud cover and left like a donut-shaped hole in the cloud cover. Oh, cool. Yeah. And there was there was more than one flight that was actually canceled or rescheduled that day because they wouldn't let flights take off because they didn't know what that was. But the weird thing, all I the mean, cities that you're mentioning, Pat, they're big, huge cities. So yeah. are they going per capita or just in total? And that's why it's the bigger cities. It has that to have be more total sighting. amount of sighting. It have to be. Yeah, right? I you know I I didn't mm-hmm. dig into the book too much, so I don't know what their criteria. Was but they they also break it down by state, um, and uh, but yeah, the majority of the list is are are very large cities. Number five was Portland. There's your Portland. Ah, 
You got Los Angeles in at number Keep six. Weird. Tucson, San Diego, Houston, Denver, Austin. It's funny, you get down to number 14, it says Springfield. It doesn't tell you which Springfield. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking, you know, the, the Simpsons Halloween special. There's yeah. a UFO sighting on oh, that yeah. every year. Yeah, the two so. uh, slobbery alien guys. <laughs> that had, I love those guys. <laughs> but do you have any idea how many Springfields there are? Oh, gosh. Aren't there like well, we 12? Have... Where's one in Nebraska? Yeah. Out of the 50 states... There are 28 Springfields. There's cities. more Springfields than there are There's states. There's a Springfield in 28 <laughs> of the states. That's hilarious. So, but just just in the little, you know, trying to clear that little question up for myself, uh, I think they were talking about Springfield, Illinois, which is near Chicago. Yeah, which suburb. Was also getting a lot of of sightings. So, um, but yeah, uh, Dallas was number 25 on the list. They wow. kind of rounded it out. Kansas City, 26. That's probably the closest one for to what us we got. here in, in When are we Omaha. going to Kansas City, boys? So, so we do it. down to Kansas City, get some barbecue, go out. Camp out in the... Sit on the cars, field. look exactly. up at the sky, and... Catch a Royals game, and catch some aliens. So, <laughs> you know, not to speak out of turn, but one of our other fellow podcasters from the uh, podcast arcade, uh, John mm-hmm. of Geek Vice, has a, an, a, a UFO sighting. That he that and he's not a big like he likes this stuff, but he likes it in a way. But this is a bona fide like, and he can't wait to at some point share his. Well, story yeah, with he's us. Yeah. he's had that and ghost thing. Ghost stuff happened, too, yeah. yeah. But the thing about this stuff that gets me to this day, and I've gone on. This is like me, my manifesto again. Is like you have everything shy of an actual like craft at this point. I mean, so many accounts of people who have everything to lose. For talking about it. Everything unto being just thought of as being foolish up into losing their jobs. Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand at what point do we start really breaking this down as a... Ah, it just eats me alive. Well, that O'Hare story, Andy, that's the one that really gets me. Because, like, they would not just shut down an airport for no reason. Right, yeah. You know, for yeah. a hunch of, yeah. you know, like, that's a big thing. And I believe it was 2012, if I if I think of the year correctly. The same thing happened at one of the busiest airports in China. I couldn't begin to pronounce it, but again, they they shut they shut it down, canceled flights. There was even better photographic evidence captured of that. Looks like a cigar shaped thing in the sky, just lit up rows and rows of lights. It has a spotlight shining down. No wings or anything like that. It's just a cylindrical object up there. Clear clear photos, and whatever it is, you can tell it's not from this Earth. Wow, and and not and not only that, you know, you're talking; those are photos from, you know, quarter mile away, perhaps. But you have hundreds, if not thousands, of cases around the country of people who have seen UFOs so up close that they could literally walk up and touch it. So you know, you, you you're to the point where you're beyond mistaken identity, and um, you know, it's not mass hallucinate hallucinations or anything like this. I agree, Eddie. It's like at one point, do we say, okay? They're there, you know, what are they and how do they get here? So I've told you this story when we did, uh, so the podcast arcade, like once or twice a year, we'll do um, like a paranormal week before paranormal dads actually became a thing. And we, right. we've done uh, Bigfoot, week, Bigfoot and, and we've Alien, done week. alien Week. Yep. So during my Alien Week, uh, our, our Alien Week, my story was uh, I used to... Um, uh, have band practice late at night and I would be getting home at like two, three in the morning. 
So, you know, it's, I mean, at its peak of darkness, not many people out. And uh, the way that I, I live in, in Carter Lake. So, I mean, at least for you guys, you know, like it's on the way to the airport and whatnot. And there is a back road that is like an industrial road that is like where all like the trucking companies and stuff are at. And I don't know. It's one of those things like you try to come up with a reason why it's not real. Because how could it be? But, uh, and, and the only thing I can come up with is it was really, really late and I could have just been tired and just saw this thing. But, um, I saw a, uh, like a, a saucer type thing, like maybe about the size of like a helicopter. And I watched it like lower, like hover into like one of these, uh, truck bays behind fence and like yeah <laughs> yeah that's, i know i know insane. and like like it had like lights and stuff on it and i'm just like did i there's no way that i just saw that like i could have gotten out of my car and walked up to the fence to see what i was looking at and i don't know why i didn't you know again it's like you're in that moment of like huh there's there's no way that I just saw that. Right. But, and plus know. it's two or three in the morning and you're tired and you're like, oh man, I got to wake up in a few hours. Yeah. Right. And like I had to go to work, like wake up at six to go to work and yeah. stuff. So I'm just like, there's no, I'm just, and I it, like at that point, like I'm so close to home. So I'm just like, whatever. And, and, and still to this day, I'm just like, man, like, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, like, yeah. should I have gotten out? It's so funny looked? how. Well, but, it sounds like it was at kind of a weird trajectory too. It wouldn't have been a plane coming down because oh no, it was at no. A sharp this was angle. I mean, literally like from from where we're sitting to like your street, right? Like it's so not you're talking a hundred feet away. Yeah, yeah. Not feet it away, wasn't yeah. like like a mile away. It was like I drove like right by where this was landing, and it's. How big would you say it was if you're just like guessing? I said, like around the size of like a helicopter? Wow! So not not a not a drone, not even in the ballpark. Oh no, 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 no! You no. know, a drone. I mean, like, and this was over ten years ago, so, so there wasn't even there wasn't drones. drones I mean, like, I will say the biggest we operate drones at work, and the biggest drone I've seen is about the size of this table. Yeah, you know, and those are new ones like too. Maybe yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no, uh, no, like propellers or no, anything. No like propulsion. That. No, no view. Of, no. Uh, well, drones aren't always quiet either. You know, a lot of them are pretty loud. They're if all you, loud. If you were that close, like a hundred feet away, you would have heard I a whirl or a zip or something. Don't recall hearing much. If it's anything. so funny how fast our brains go to that. Like, like I, it had. To I gotta be go fake. home. And I had to go home. It had to be fake so, or it had to be real. That's where you're at on this. Well, no, that's that's what oh, my mind brain. was yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time. It's like this. No way. I did not just see that. But we do that anyway, so much. That's that's my quick little UFO story. Wow. <gasps> well, there you go, people. Recent sightings. It's warming up. Plan your road <laughs> trip. Go out. Find yourself a UFO. So Carter Lake, number 26 on the list then? <laughs> 27. Kansas City was 26. Okay. 27, oh. Carter Lake. There you have it, people. Keep looking up. It's time for Pop Culture. And the paranormal.
I've I've watched these movies a handful of times, um, and they just I, I watched one recently. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Uh, the basic premise is so back in like what was it the forties or fifties mm-hmm. yep. in the Nevada deserts, um, the government was doing these uh, a bomb testings, and uh, they had these old uh, houses right. with like. You know, like the stereotypical, like yeah, the you know the woman in the Sunday dress is in the kitchen, and the kids are like playing in the yard and whatever. But they're all they're all mannequins, right? And they had it all. I think they had dishes in the cabinets. Oh and, yeah, and everything. Com- like, yeah, they they had house. everything yeah. set up. Creepy, like one hundred percent to the way a house would be at the time, so they yeah. can do their research on everything, right? And then you know, investigate these houses to see if there was any radiation issues or whatever. So in the movie, um, there, uh, Wes Craven did, uh, the one in the seventies, 1977, there we go. Same year as Star Wars. Same year I was born. So he, um, (laughs) he did the, the first one. I don't recall if he did the second one or not. And then years later, uh, in like 2004 ish, uh, they did a remake, which is really, really good. Wasn't that by Rob Zombie? No, it's a guy named Alexander Aja. Okay. He's a, like, French or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's, he's something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, he's a really great horror movie director, but uh, he, he did that like one. Like all French then, people. Yeah. yeah. No, really, that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah They're right. known for their scaries, for the scary movie? Scurry. They're known for taking things to another realistic level a french level that most people like american and that's a whole thing anyway yes they take they take just clips and terrifying things pretty serious yeah so anyway stories (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so uh the the idea now the fictionalized or or not maybe it is based off of some real myth of realism or something i don't know but the fictionalized story in this is that during these t- these testings, um, there were actually people, uh, vagrants or drifters or whatever. Hill who, people. Hill people, absolutely. Appalachian who, folk. <coughs> excuse me. No offense to any Appalachian folk. <laughs> who, who lived out in these deserts and in the surrounding areas, and the radiation did have an effect on them. And any time that they, they mated, you know, and a lot of times... It's inbred, so that messes things up even more with the radiation and all these years later. If you take anything away from this episode, <coughs> don't inbreed. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, especially if you've it's been hit with bad. radiation po- poisoning. Yeah. Uh, so these people, like, they become like these kind of like mutated, uh, deformed people. And, um, and uh, they're, can- them- they're cannibalistic. Oh, uh, well, you know, you, you're you're not accepted in society. You're not going to go out to like the regular public. Well, it never makes you know, them nicer. That's one thing I've noticed. It doesn't well, make them you like know, kind there and are, loving. There are some, okay, who who still have a moral compass of like whatever. Like some, you know, families driving through the desert on vacation. They got their Winnebago uh, attached to their truck. Mm-hmm. They're driving through and. Uh, they need to get gas, so, like, there's only, like, the one, you know, like, crappy little gas station, you know, with the, the hillbilly, toothless 
gas station attendant who's like, how hey, much money you got? Well, you know, <laughs> shame like, about your way You know, we got thrown off the the, the map. You know, where which way do we go? Well, if you go through this shortcut here, <gasps> don't do it. And you know, things things happen and whatever. Now that's you know that's like the the horror part of right. the movie. But but um, you know my 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 question is is like yeah like. You can go out to the Nevada deserts now, and those houses are still standing. Ooh, uh, that would be really creepy. I, I would love, I would love to go out to those, and apparently you can. They're not like irradiated, where you're gonna like walk out. Probably with... not, because you can walk around Chernobyl these days. Man, might, I'd know. be taking a Geiger counter with me. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying I'd go there, but Good. people are walking around One unprotected. Could. But you know, like, d- d- did. You know, with these these radiation things in Nevada or or Chernobyl, you know, did they have an effect on people? Uh, you know, anything like that? Like, if Could you go have... out there, like, are you gonna get? You know, you know, I was having that thought, not so much the radiation part, but when I was flying into Vegas, you look around at all these like 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 nooks and crannies. Not to steal it from the Thomas English Muffin ad, but <laughs> you could, there's so many spots people could just like live. Oh yeah, you know? and you yeah. would never, you would never know, you would never know. And I even saw like little weird, little tiny mini lakes and ponds and all mm-hmm. this. I'm like, that go up into the hills. I well, claim this spot. This is, is my mine, as far as I can see. <laughs> well, and that's what they say about you know the the mountains and the hills around Roswell and uh, Area 51 and all of that is like if you if you look around properly, like you can see doors like. And, like carved into the mountain, yeah. like but like legit doors that you can go in, you know. And well, it could happen. I'll say that there was a recent thing that came out just a couple months ago, and the details escaped me. I think it might have been in Europe somewhere in the mountains. There was a, I think a helicopter tour actually found this little shack on a mountainside where they were going to do a tour of rock climbing or something like that. Well, come to find out that a family had been living there completely cut off from society for mm-hmm. 20 or 30 years and i don't remember if there is there might have been some inbreeding going on because they said some of the um younger people they did have very noticeable deformities their place was absolute dump very unsanitary conditions no phone no electricity no internet no toilets no running water wait wait wait, wait. completely no cut internet off. did i hear that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. what forget the toilet no yeah, internet no, I won't. <laughs> Can I get a Wi-Fi hotspot? What kind, so, of, hell, what kind of hell is this? <laughs> so it can happen. I sure. Mean, and, and if it had, well, you think the government's going to make a press release about that? No. You know? No. So the scary part about that movie is is the what-ifs. And I guess mm-hmm. you could say that about a lot of scary movies, maybe. Sure. But um, just the, the title even always creeped me out. The yeah. Hills Have Eyes. Ooh. But you'd, <laughs> never, you'd never know. I mean, if you were like doing a, um, a, like a test like that... You would do your due diligence, I guess, to make sure there wasn't a populace, but you wouldn't necessarily be able to make sure nobody is there. So, I mean, technically, there could be a person living on the outskirts of a, an area that got nuked. Well, and that kind of stuff, I mean, even even here in Omaha, we have um, uh, nu- the... Uh, Nuketown, yes. The, the, <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm just saying as far as, like, a- allegedly people living huh? in... Like rural areas, like oh, so we have Hummel, like we have Hummel Park. That is Fontenelle our forest places like. Well, that, Hummel yeah. Park is is alleged to have um, uh, 
Mole people? No, albinos. People. Albinos, thank yeah. you. I can. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Like, this is where... No offense to any pale skin people out there. If you knew how uh, how pale I was, oh, you yeah. wouldn't take yeah. offense. I, feel, I thought uh, Billy was I an mean, that's, albino. And... That, that's a whole thing that. The albino cannibals in, in, uh, in Hummel Park. Well, yeah. I don't know if they're cannibals. Maybe that's another thing. I heard they were cannibals. Only Andy's legs are albino. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and, you know, that's not part of, you know, the whole pop culture thing. But, you know, it, it is a thing, like, when you start thinking about, like you said, the what ifs, like, wow. Hmm. This, this ties in loosely to your thing, and it will allow me to segue into mine. There was a urban myth. This is not in Omaha, and uh, I want to say it was in Illinois somewhere. Someone looked this up. Springfield. Spring, spring. It was in Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> one triple, of the twenty-eight. Triple dr- jinx on that yeah. one. So, uh, but this was a legit. It made it into the news, and this is where I fall apart with my resource, like my sourcing. But it just look this up, people. Don't be lazy. <laughs> Um, that's but, what your job was supposed to be. Exactly. Was that looking it up? Yeah. That's, um, Pat's our research and fact guy. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Pat's research. He's the R&D. Yeah. And I phoned uh, it in this week. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was a an urban myth in this community of this forest man mm. who would walk in and, like, steal stuff. And it was a persistent, like, urban myth. It was going on for 20-plus years where there was this forest man that would come in and steal things. Kids, you better bring in your toys because the forest man might come and take them it away. It was a legitimate, like, you know, hey, the forest man, ooh, look out. And it turns out it was absolutely true. A man was arrested uh, breaking into someone's home and not even breaking in. He would find houses that would uh, that were unlocked mm-hmm. and would walk in and would steal things that people would not necessarily notice missing. He he made it a very specific point not to steal like TVs and stuff. He would take like batteries or an apple, like a single piece of fruit. Things would, that he needed for living in the Things forest. that he okay. absolutely needed to subsist, but he wouldn't go and just steal like whatever. He had a specific like like living purpose he was doing. This guy was he graduated. He wasn't much older than than us. He was like in his like late forties, early fifties. This is recent. He graduated high school, uh, in like in like the eighties or whatever, and was like, I don't want to. I'm not ready to go into the world. I don't, I don't have a plan. I don't have anything. Literally took a tent, went into the forest, and decided he was going to live in the forest. That's and what he did. Wow. Just lived in the forest. And found enough of a deep pocket that nobody knew he was there. And over time, it just, nobody bothered to keep track of thing. And it was his thing. And he literally would get into town during the day when people were at work and would take just the stuff, just enough stuff from different houses so he could uh, subsist. And uh, at his campsite, they found like a grill and all this stuff. The dude literally had a campsite that he was living on. So, so in their case, the forest did have eyes because it was a guy just. I'm going to work. I'm going. Woo! Apples, batteries, good for the day. Um, a lot of it may have been outdated, like from the '80s, but yeah, exactly. Hey, is that my camcorder? Apple wasn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Vintage 1987 Apple. So I wonder what happens to this guy. You know, he goes to court. Does he? Does he go to jail or not? They, if he gets kicked gosh. loose, does he go back to the forest? Yeah, I don't know what a guy like put him in like some sort of like halfway house or like mental. You know, like yeah, I mean, be, yeah. we. 
I don't know. Like it's not like he's like stable enough to go out into the real world. I mean, or he avoided so. detection for twenty plus years. He only stole enough that would be inconvenient to people, not really like hurting anybody. Ultimately. But at that point, going back into the real world would be like an institutionalized person going back into the real world. It reminds me, right. of, what was it Red from uh, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, spent his whole life in prison when he when they cut him loose. He didn't know how to get a job. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to. Right. The world changes so much after a couple of decades. You you really don't fit in. Anymore. So that's what I would think is. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, if they don't want him doing that, like, and he's not doing something terrible enough to go to prison, like, right. if he's they stealing don't apples, have to institute I just feel like him. he's been going on this long and nothing is really bad for it. Just let him live in the forest. Uh, yeah. But then you have everybody living in the forest. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, just let him know, like, on Thursdays, you can go to the local church for their food drive. Exactly. Yeah, Maybe that kills the whole vibe for him, though. Maybe that was the whole thing he liked. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe, know. That's like caging a tiger and, and making it, quote-unquote, hunt for its food in its enclosure. There's a, like, there's, eh, it's just not the same. There's a goat yeah. tied to a rope in the corner. <laughs> He's going to hunt. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park, yeah. Um, but segueing into my, my thing, which is kind of a rough one, but uh, uh, there was a sh- talking about things in the past a little bit, um, there was a show in the, I think it was the early 50s, called Lost in Space. And it was intentionally kind of cheesy and campy and all those things. And you then, could be back then. You, you could get away with that easier, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even then they tried to do kind of like serious science fiction and even in, in a way horror to Billy, like the creature from the Black Lagoon and all these things. And then, and then you get away from some of the more serious stuff into the more like fun, quote unquote, fun stuff. And so Lost in, Spl- in Space was more of a fun family show kind of like you know had that robbie the robot danger will robinson danger. (laughs) and so uh the whole premise for people who may not know this was it's a family the robinsons that were launched into space and it's one of those things that like as a tv concept it was kind of like well how cute is that it's a family in space but the the logistics of like man how does a 10 year old qualify to be in the astronaut program (laughs) that's that's pushing it a little bit but um so, but for a show in that era and for the type of show, they didn't really sweat the details on that. It was like, they're a family in space, run with it. And so yeah. they did. Um, I don't remember how many seasons it was on uh, or anything like that, but it, it was one of those things that pop culture-wise, it did kind of like, if it already wasn't at a peak, it really helped kind of push a lot of that, um, I say cheesy, but just science fiction in general kind of into the next level for people because unlike like Twilight Zone and a lot of the more heady like thinking stuff, this was much more entertainment, just kind of pure for your fun. Well, there was that Lost in Space. Uh, a few years back, I maybe want to say 10 years ago, there was a, a movie based on it that had Matt LeBlanc in it from Friend. <laughs> why do we laugh? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know either. I just pictured Joey. Joey. Like, yeah. Why am I in space? Could I be wearing any more spacesuits? <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How you doing, alien? Danger. Hey, danger, Will Robinson. Um, but, but, uh, but, uh, so, uh, they, they did the movie, and I think it was okay. I don't think it, like, blew anybody's hair back, necessarily. But there was that. Well, now... They have relaunched and re- redone. Pun intended. Exactly. Oh, oh but yeah. boom. we need a pun <laughs> alert button. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Lost in Space. And for all of you people listening who have Netflix, I highly recommend it. It's a very fun show. And it does ride that line. It's not campy, so they got rid of the campiness. 
Uh, it's a little more serious in tone, but it's very much like family safe entertainment. Like it's it's that nice right down the middle of it has enough adventure and, and enough peril that people like adults are in, are invested, <laughs> but kids aren't like freaking out. There's no like gore or excessive violence. It's it's enough that a family could definitely crowd around and language watch it. is, is cool. language is totally on par. There's nothing. I don't think there's any swearing in it at all. You, um, you can tell the dad part of the paranormal dad coming out here. Right. We're betting it right now, like okay, make sure. But but uh, but thoroughly entertaining. And uh, the part that's neat is that they sneak little tidbits from kind of the campiness of the show into it. So uh, it's not campy, but they do definitely tip their hat to the uh, source material uh, for it. But yeah, super fun show. Can't Word of the day: enough. campy. Campy. <laughs> Don't go on a camp camping trip. Go on a campy trip. Well, I've seen some trailers of it. it. It looks like it would be a pretty good show. Oh, check it out. and I know some people uh, who who had been fans of the original, mm -hmm. and when they were starting watching this one, because I think they were expecting the campiness, they said it took them like a good like three or four episodes to kind of like, well, is this? And then they're like. Okay, yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that they did do that I like for these kinds of things is that they kind of explain some of the, why is there a family in space? Why is this kid 10? I don't get it. <laughs> um, and, and the big thing was that Earth is experiencing some sort of environmental disaster that may have been caused by some sort of like alien or, or foreign object entering our atmosphere, which, which messes things up. So families kind of establish colonies to get off planet before things get too nuts. <laughs> well, they don't want them A-bomb mutants coming after them. Well, they don't want to have the hills... Man stealing their apples. Yeah. The space hills have eyes. <laughs> the hills have eyes in space. In space! <laughs> yeah, so there you go. A little tandem uh, pop culture and the paranormal for you. Tag team that one. Both barrels. Tag <laughs> team. Woo! That was weak. Again. Yeah! And now it's time for... The main mystery. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Main mystery, folks. You had the appetizers. You had your <laughs> drinks. Here comes the main course. And for dessert, you two are going to try to high-five correctly next time. <laughs> Looking at your elbow. Ow. Oh, that was <laughs> terrible. That was not it. Anyway, you that know, okay, so this would have been the ultimate synchronicity within a synchronicity. So... We were originally supposed to record this episode last weekend. Was it last Saturday night? Saturday so, evening, yeah. Okay, and we had to reschedule due to the freak April snowstorm. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. It snowed twice more since then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had to reschedule, but what would have been really cool is that for the main mystery, I've chosen the synchronicity between a fictional book called Futility, which was about the sinking of a large ocean liner, uh, and it came out years before the Titanic sank in a very, very similar fashion as to what occurred in the actual book. And that was going to be the main mystery, the synchronicities between, um, you know, reality mimicking fiction. And we were set to record that. Uh, little did I know at the time, but we were going to record it on the same day in history that the Titanic actually sank. No! What? Yeah, it was last Saturday. Oh, see, that would have been cool. 
Billy's <laughs> freaked out. You guys ruined it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I knew it happened sometime in April, and then as the show was getting closer and closer, I was like, I wonder what day in April. And this was Saturday morning Boom. that we were supposed to do the show, and I was like, oh my God, it's today. That's it's crazy. good we didn't record Man. that night, because we would have screamed like little girls. I know. I know. <laughs> Once we figured that yeah, out. Yeah, scream like, I'm on top of the world! <laughs> <laughs> paint me like you paint your French <laughs> women, Jack. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Um, so serious. <laughs> the thing, uh, could there be a more dark name to a, or a more sad name to a book? Futility. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Here's the real kicker. So the book, actually, they re-released it after the Titanic actually sank. So the original version was called Futility, and that came out in 1898. Um, shortly after the Titanic actually went down, they renamed the book um, The Wreck of the Titan, and they re-released it. Sad to say, a little bit probably to cash in on some yeah, of the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's like the know. opposite of what people do now. Right. Like, they scrubbed out after 9-11 they're on Spider-Man. They took out a scene that had the, tw- the oh, Twin yeah, Towers. They, right. Yeah, they took those out. They, they, and, yeah. like, like, that's the complete opposite sensibility. The opposite. Is that, hey, guys, we should capitalize on this tragedy. That pili- yeah. Back then, then, they didn't have the question, too soon? Yeah, too soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also <laughs> had kids cleaning out chimneys back then, too. Exactly. So. <laughs> they didn't you know, that actually, the Titanic arrived in 1989. Oh, you mean in pieces? From the bottom of the... Oh, no, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Oh, oh Billy invokes the Ghostbusters. <laughs> the Titanic yeah. just pulled in. And, <laughs> and right. the very odd uh, cameo from Cheech Marin. Uh, better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good, yeah. good job. <laughs> well, let me let me give you a little, uh, a little background here. So... Um, the Wreck of the Titan, or Futility. Uh, it was an 1898 novella written by Morgan Robertson, and I'm pulling some of this from Wikipedia, by no, the you're, way. No, you're fine. The story uh, features a fictional ocean liner uh, called the Titan. Wow. Very similar to Titanic. I mean, um, by two letters. And by the way, this was in the original story before the Titanic went down. In the original story, the, the boat was still called the Titan. Um, and it's and in the story, the fictional story, it sinks in, in the North Atlantic after striking an iceberg. The Titan and and its uh, sinking have been noted to be very very similar to the real life passenger ship, the RMS Titanic, which sank 14 years later. And uh, and so let me, I mean, the the similarities are absolutely. Did Nostradamus write this book? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay, so for example, the the. Like just like the Titanic, the fictional uh, ship in the book The Titan sank in April in the North Atlantic, and there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers. There were similarities in size, so um, the Titan was 800 feet long uh, versus 882 for the Titanic. Um, the Titan was going 25 knots. Uh, the Titanic was 22.5. Um, but even beyond the name, the similarities uh, are just—they're—they're they're just there. So both boats were described as the largest craft afloat and the greatest of the greatest works that of, uh, that have ever been built by men. The Titan was, uh, let's see, 800 feet long, uh, displacing 75,000 tons. Um, let's see, the Titanic was 882 feet long, uh, displacing. Let's see where am I at? Displacing forty-six thousand tons. So, I mean, really similar. Uh, both both books were uh, both boats were called unsinkable. Um, let's see, passenger capacity. So, 
Uh, the Titan, 3,000 people. Titanic, 3,000 people. What? Oh. Passengers on board. In the fictional book, there was 3,000 people, so it was full to capacity. The Titanic was uh, 2,228, so almost at capacity. The speed at impact in the fictional book was 20, the boat was going 25 knots. In real life, the Titanic hit the iceberg going 22.5. In the fictional book, uh, the time that it struck the iceberg was noted as near midnight. In real life, it happened at 11.40 p.m. Uh, the point of impact was starboard on both ships. The month was April. Um, a little difference here, the number of survivors in the book was only 13, um, you know, unlucky number 13. Uh, the Titanic actually had 705 survivors, thank goodness. That's still so many people. You know there are survivors, but to hear that a majority of the people died? It, it just keeps going. Uh, so the because Titan... Because it was the ice. Yeah. The Titan uh, horsepower had uh, 40,000 as opposed to the Titanic, which had 46,000 horsepower. Both had three propellers. Both had two masts. Um, let's see, number of lifeboats, the Titan, the fictional one, had 24, the Titanic had 20. Um, both ships were British. Um, let's see, it's just, it, it's just insane. I mean, the similarities, they just, just go the on and on and on. Too. Yeah. Now, now, this boggles my mind. Did the, did the designers of the Titanic try to mimic the book? Makes you wonder. But then again... That's the problem. Yeah. That's <laughs> why it didn't... But then again, then why would they both sink? Like we're living in the Matrix. That's what. I'm, that's all I've decided. You hear of these of these cases of, you know, reality mimicking fiction, or you know, a fictional movie mm -hmm. that that later. And and you, and you think about it, it happens all the time. A lot of the technology in Star Trek and even Star Wars, we're literally seeing that come out today. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I've said this before, but the idea of a dynamic screen, which we've gotten so used to now. And for you know, but you know, didn't exist even ten years ago. I mean, it's still hard to think. But the notion of a screen that changes based on your need—we had buttons that had one purpose, you know—and then now all of a sudden it's like, oh no, the, you know, first it's a phone, now it's a thing, now it's this. I mean, it's that idea is so ugh, nuts. When I first saw that, I was like, I mean, you got an iWatch, you can get a phone call on your wrist. I mean, like, it's it's just crazy. It's like stuff that you saw in the movies that's actually happening mm -hmm. now. So it makes you wonder, maybe on a larger scale, if, you know, collectively, if our thoughts and projections and wishes and daydreams and fears and everything in between, maybe collectively as a as a human race, we send those out into the ether and, and that, you know, almost paints a picture of a future event that becomes destiny. Um, there is I always a, just want to keep going back to pop culture things because I, but um, there there's a movie called uh, The Quiet Ones, and it's basically about like it's it's almost like telling a ghost story, and it's basically like if if all of us got together and every every week these people got together, and apparently it's documented cases that um, each week we tell the story of this person person's completely fictional and but we're making it up as we go like oh yeah so this person you know they died because of this thing happened well and and because of this well you know whatever they just keep growing this story and eventually it manifests into something that happens and it's almost like a ghost is there in moving chairs around and whatever 
Um, I've heard of this movie. It's it. There's a the phenomenon is actually called a tulpa. Okay. Is, is the I figured you probably that. would know a little more about well, it. And I'm not an expert at all, Billy, but there has been some documented cases, allegedly, of yeah. this group of people who are really skilled at uh, meditation, and, and they were just kind of paranormal buffs. I think this is in the early 1900s. They tried to create a tulpa. I mean, they... they they would they would meditate and visualize this little kind of fry, they, they they called it like a friar tuck little character you mm, know whoa. from and and he was like this little uh, kind of pious gentleman this monk like like guy and and not only did did it start to take on a life of its own it, allegedly it got to the point where it grew out of hand and these people could literally conjure this thing up and he mm-hmm. was as like you could touch it like it was a real oh, wow. being like they. They through their constant manifestation, they brought him into existence for real. That's, that's and then a, he got kind of cranky, and that there was a whole process to get rid of him. <laughs> then <laughs> that's a thing too. People should look up. Uh, apparently, like Alan Moore, the comic book writer creator, who looks like he lives in the forest. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the forest man. Steal yeah, that um, so he and a couple people created uh, the character Constantine, mm-hmm. and apparently. After I don't remember if it was before or after, but they met. They've ran into the actual John Constantine. Wasn't Constantine a demon hunter? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Just for people who don't know. Yeah. So anyway, it, 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 but that all goes. They back ran to into what an were, actual guy named John Constantine. I don't know if they if I don't think they had conversations with him, but like they ran into him and like they just knew, and so this, did Constantine. See, this is but, where... But it's inter- that's trying to go back to... I'm not trying to get too far off of the topic. No, this but is... Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying, like, with the Titanic. Like, somehow, these they things might a... manifest... And that's a whole... that that It's a whole nother aspect of the paranormal, which is really interesting to me. Well, and, and synchronicity itself is just a really interesting topic. I, I was... Uh, Pardon me for not having all the facts on this one, but darn you! Um, I know. Where's Pat when you need him? Buford T. Squirrel. Disappointed. <laughs> yeah, we do have a squirrel on our you recording desk butt. right here. By the way, <laughs> everybody, we have a stuffed squirrel that Eddie calls Buford T. Squirrel, and uh, that's a whole story in and of itself. We have a, a Bigfoot kind of action figure type guy here, and. Uh, um. If you look Creature at, replica. Creature replica. If you yeah. look at our web page from two episodes ago, you'll see a picture of Buford T. Squirrel. We'll feature Buford yeah. from time to time. I'm staring down the wrong end of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but synchronicity in and of itself is kind of a fascinating topic. And I honestly just kind of use this Titanic and Titan example as a kind of a launching point to talk about it. But, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, sometimes what we put out there to the world uh, can become reality. There's a, a, a true case of Mark Twain, who was actually born right around the time that Halley's Comet was making its way across the sky. And he always joked, he says, I came into this world with Halley's Comet, and I'm going out with it as well. And sure enough, he was he was, he was was an old dude by the time he passed for, for the time period. I think he was like in his 70s or 80s. Really? Sure enough, the day after Halley's Comet passed over us, he died. He, he, Are you he, kidding he me? He came in and went out. And, and this was decades before he said he would die when Halley's Comet went past again. You know, speaking of synchronicity, and this is not a synchronicity because this is clearly done on purpose, but I never understood the connection between the Halley's Comet and Mark Twain because there was a amazing, and I got, I got to look this up too, claymation special that came out like in the late 80s about these two kids 
that were like they came across this like this sounds so weird but a time machine or like they made a spaceship and they are trying to catch Haley's comet and they end up running into Mark Twain and I never understood the connection. I was like, why is they? Why are they with Mark it Twain? It took all these years later. It took almost like thirty years later for it to come to. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I was supposed to be your friend. <laughs> Puzzle Friendship piece. over. Friendship yeah. over. It's fulfilled its purpose. <laughs> it's fulfilled its purpose. Um, now, I, there's another case of synchronicity. I heard this is what I was just trying to research. But two of the original signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, I don't want to say who it is because I'll probably get it wrong and butcher it. But two of the main original signers, yeah, uh, they happened to pass away exactly 50 years to the day after they they signed the Declaration of Independence. They died on the 4th of July, 50 years later. It was oh. uh, Pat knows this, of course. I think it was. <laughs> I love it. Was it Thomas Jefferson and John Adams? That's what I was thinking too. I think. Okay, that's got to yeah, be it. Then. Died on the same day. Yeah. Always have Pat with you. Yeah. Always. No, but this I is mean, what if, happened if, when we had him on the Christmas special. Yeah. If you ever saw um, the John Adams uh, series special. on HBO, I think it was. But uh, you know, they go pretty far into in depth about the relationship between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, and and you know those those guys were were good friends, I believe, wow. for, for a long time, and then they were also. Bitter rivals at times too. Yeah, they were falling out. Yeah. But but they uh, yeah they died on the same day and it was the fourth of July. Wow, kind of. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it just makes you wonder. Like, is that was that part of our country or maybe even the world's destiny that those guys were meant to do that? And then the universe was like, okay, you have exactly. Uh, let me check my watch. Five yeah. decades. Do whatever you want. Your your mission's been fulfilled, and then they're out. Oh, that's so like weird. The, uh, I forget what it was. It was like someone in Africa and someone in China, like way, way back in, you know, old, old, old days, like with no technology, like made statues based off of like aliens that they had seen. Yeah. And like no reason, like roughly around the same time period, yeah. no reason should they have ever or would have ever crossed paths. No communication. Mm -hmm. Right. And they make almost identical art yeah 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 that like and have similar stories of that points this to creature came down from the skies you right. know and it's like and told us this thing how what how cue, cue the close encounters theme <laughs> all the people creating the art of, of devil's tower exactly you know, oh where are they getting these images in their heads that mm -hmm. they possesses them to create this art that's where i i get so like there's this and we've had this discussion before and i we need to do like a paranormal dad's round table sometime <laughs> but like the the notion of a certain amount of destiny over you controlling your own fate right you know i mean things like that titanic coincidence and i put air quotes in that yeah is almost like to the point where it should like rock your under like your thoughts on the real world. You know what I mean? Like, what? How does that even? It was like the writer was seeing into the future, right? Is what, or like he, mm -hmm. he just glimpses maybe, but saw into a future where this thing was just destined to happen, and he put pen to paper. Yeah. How know? much longer was it when the Titanic happened? I believe it said fourteen years later. Writer still alive at that point? Um, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, Do I'm we guessing know if there's there was. Any, like... He actually made a couple changes to the book when they re-released it as the wreck of the Titan. 
Um, so I believe he was still alive, and they they I think they at that point again to cash in on the on right. the sure. newness of it, they include wanted to include the name Titan in the title right. because it was so oh, similar sure. to Titanic. But again, just I wonder if there was, and you may not have done this research or seen it, but I just I wonder if you know there's interviews with him like after the fact, like what? Uh, How did it come know, to him? What, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, knowing what I know about construction, it's like the Titanic, you're, you're talking about from the day that book was published to the day of the wreck of the Titanic. Oh, I mean, so, you're right. Yeah, that's another aspect. The Titanic like, had to have been, like, I mean, just to build that thing, and I don't even know the exact dates, but I'm assuming you're looking at a minimum of five to ten years of construction. To build it, thing. yeah. Hmm. You know, designed to, from from pen to paper to... Pushing that ship off in the in the uh, water, mm-hmm. that thing you know it took a long time to build. So you're not talking about that. There's probably no way the author knew. Oh no, this no. was going to be you know. So the, they, the overlap between the two is much shorter, even even yeah. shorter. But you know, I think things like this are more common than we think. And I, mm-hmm. I I might have my facts wrong, Eddie, but weren't you telling me that there was a a video game that was set to release right around the time that the Twin Towers went down on 9-11. There was a video game about the Twin Towers that went down because, like, the villain in the video game was going to fly a plane into it. Or, and then, like, and then it was right on the verge of being released, and then it actually happened, and they're like, we cannot launch this thing for real. Or maybe it was an album or something. Was it an, an album? album cover? Okay. I think something. it was an album cover that featured, like, the Twin Towers I like, remember getting on fire like or something and like that. And it was that. right on the cusp, and then it actually happened. And then yeah, there's like, a lot okay, of things like, around yeah, that there's time. There's no way we can release no. this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it it's so... Gosh, you just try so hard. And this is what we do as people. We want to make sense of it. It's like, how how does that happen? Is it a glimpse into, the once again, destiny versus... Well, destiny versus free will. How's this? Try this one on for size in terms of destiny. All right. Uh, by the way, I'm reading this this particular story from a book called The Weird 100 by Stephen Spignacy. One of my favorite books. It basically takes a hundred different paranormal or weird or odd uh, phenomenon. It breaks it down. Uh, to the likelihood of them being real, um, what the believers say, what the skeptics say, breakdown of the phenomena. It's it's a really cool book, really Mm -hmm. neutral. Um, True story. Uh, One day a man was riding a moped uh, and was killed in Bermuda when he was struck by a taxi that was carrying one passenger. So exactly one year later, the man's brother was also killed in Bermuda by a taxi. Uh, The weird thing was that the brother was riding the same moped as his brother had been when he was killed, and he was struck by the same taxi. And not only that, but the taxi driver was transporting the same individual. No. (laughs) A year later to the day. Um, So, and, and, oh, and... so many levels to that. There's one more. The incident happened on the same exact street. Yeah. I mean, so the exact same thing, it's except like, for it was it's his all brother. documented as like this happened. Happened. Ridiculous. Yep. Or how about this one? In 1911, uh, three men were hanged. Now I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because it's not. It's too it's, soon. Pe- <laughs> people got killed here, but I'm. It's just too weird. So in 1911, three men were hanged for the murder of Sir Edmund Barry, and the lo- the location of the hanging was at Greenberry Hill. The murderers' names were Green, Barry, and Hill. That's so weird. Wow. Um, and then this one. Uh, 1883, Henry Ziegland of Honeygrove, Texas, uh, ca- uh, let's see, uh, very maliciously dumped his girlfriend, and Ooh. that upset her to the point that she committed 
uh, well, she made a bad choice, I'll say, as, oh. a, as a family-friendly show here. Um, and she passed away, and Henry must have, uh, let's see, he wasn't a nice guy. So the girl's brother blamed Henry for his sister's death and decided to avenge her death, and he tried to kill Henry. And he went to Henry's farm where he took a shot at him, but the bullet only grazed Henry's face, and then the bullet lodged into a tree on the property. So the, bro the, the guy mistakenly thought that he had successfully killed Henry, and then he took his own life, oh. joining his sister in the, in the great beyond. Henry, however, uh, went on and recovered and went to live a full life on the farm. So 30 years after being shot at, Henry decided that he was going to take down the tree where the bullet had lodged all those years earlier. But the tree was so big that Henry used, he couldn't get it down, so he used dynamite to blow the darn thing up. Well, the explosion sent his ex-girlfriend's brother's 30-year-old bullet flying through the air, and it struck Henry Ziegland in the head and instantly killed him 30 years after that bullet was intended for his head. I, oh I, I as soon as you said the dynamite, like I knew, I'm like, it's going to explode the bullet, the bullet into the guy's head. <laughs> it's insane. That... How in the world do you explain that? Well, at least the guy didn't die in vain or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 30 least, years from now, least... man, you wait. You'll get yours. self-inflicted rather than homicide. Kind of right. like the, the putt in Caddyshack where everybody's just sitting around waiting for that ball to drop into the cup. <laughs> yeah. Except it takes 30 years for the bullet to finally find its target. <laughs> wow. That is I, crazy. That is, and that, to me, is almost more compelling... Like the the notion of destiny, coincidence, design. I mean, I mean, all this stuff is great, but this I think all, a lot of this centers around that idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we truly controlling our lives, or is there a path that we're kind of put on? You know, and, and there's a little bit of humor inside of synchronicity too. There's a, a true story, documented case of a. Um, a statistics professor who was giving a lecture to an audience at a college and his lecture was on uh, statistics and probability and just to demonstrate a very simple principle of 50-50 odds he flipped a coin in the air and it landed on the ground on on its edge neither heads nor tails <laughs> you know wow. what a tr a billion a billion maybe a trillion yeah. to one odds of actually doing that and it did it right in front of the lecture hall yeah it's crazy, you know. So if you, if you listeners, have any uh, synchronicities or uh, coincidences that you'd like to share, uh, hit us up anytime, paranormaldads at gmail.com. Yep. Do you guys have any, ones to, any coincidences that come to mind? You know, beyond, you know, Eddie, you thought of Billy, and Billy texted you a couple seconds later. That, that tends to happen quite a bit. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I, I struggle between, like, the notion of a coincidence versus like the uh, the phenomenon of deja vu, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, so for me, it's like, is this a coincidence that this is this is happening? Or um, for the 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 quick and dirty, I lived uh, in a different part of the country, um, and no matter where we really moved, I never fully felt like I belonged there as a kid. And so it dawned on me as a as an older, still teenager, but I was going to have to go somewhere else. And I couldn't quite put words to it, but I just felt that. And I had this reoccurring dream that um, 
I would meet this one person in a different place. And it was she, she was female. And it wasn't so much a look, but it was more of like a feeling that I got when I was around this person. And I was young enough that I didn't have a, a frame of, of reference for that. I'm talking like I was like eight or nine. And I didn't have those complex feelings of like, you know, like more mature romance or love or anything like that. I was eight, nine years old. And so as we moved around, that, that memory kind of gets tucked around. And it was basically a reoccurring dream that I would have with that. And it happened enough times that it became like not a surprise when I would have this dream. I didn't have it like hundreds of times, but probably, you know, 20 or 30 times. Wow. Um, and... Um, and then it just didn't, you just kind of live your life and things kind of take over and you don't really reference these things a bunch in your day-to-day existence. But then it was uh, fall in Lincoln, Nebraska. I had moved here. I'd lived here for about two years and I was essentially dating Shireen who then went on to be my wife. But she was, she gets in the truck, my truck at the time, she climbs in and shuts the door and she just kind of looks at me and this is where I get a little bit mushy. But anybody who has been in love with anybody, you have that moment where you lock eyes and you just kind of, your heart gets kind of mushy and you're like all, you know, you're happy to see them. And I, that dream, everything just kind of, like all these little like gears just locked into place. And it wasn't, to me, and this is a personal thing and so I can't point hard facts to it, but for me... The dream made sense, and it wasn't me forcing that moment into the dream. It was more that that rose to the surface right there. So whether that's coincidence or whatever you want to call that, for me it was a, a thing. I thought it was going to be a little more specific, and like it, it instantly hit you like Shireen was the girl in the dream. Well, I will say this. The, the, girl the, the idea dream, of it was, but the, the, was she what she... The, she did have an article of clothing that the girl in the dream had. Which was a brown jacket, and that was go. one thing that jumped out too. There, there, was, there, there was a brown jacket, and that was the thing that popped out to me as well. Anyway, I've had all kinds of little things happen, and I, I'd have to dig deeper to think of like the major stuff. But like, you know, I, I was uh, the job I was working for. I was driving, you drive down Curtis Street, and my boss calls. Who's named Curtis? <laughs> like right as I right. see the Curtis sign, the phone rings and it's him. I'm like, why does that happen? <laughs> I remember. You know, so just little things like that always happen to me. And I think people who look for them obviously tend to tend to see it more often. My when my first book was published, it was uh, the book was dedicated to my late grandma uh, Frances Myers, and it just so happened that the office of my publishing company was on Francis Street. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool and appropriate yeah. as well. Again, you know, a, a cold-hearted skeptic would say, "Oh, that's just chance. That's, right, that's there's right. no meaning." But you know, it puts a smile on your face. There's yeah, no harm in that. Definitely. And years later, you're on a podcast with a guy who also grew up on Francis Street. Hey, so, there you go. I think not. <laughs> Coincidence. And I like the movie Stripes, where he says, "Lighten up, Francis." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I have, I have nothing with Francis whatsoever. And I'm wearing underwear with stripes on it. And <laughs> oh my we just gosh. keep going here. <laughs> well, one, one of the synchronicities, I, I guess you'd call it a synchronicity, that I think just about everybody has seen or heard about is the comparison of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln versus the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Mm. I mean, even my kids learn this in school. They, you know... They had a discussion about it in class, and you can look it up online, and there's just all kinds of parallels between the two events. And I remember going to the bank 
long time ago, like in the 80s, they actually had these cards printed up with the 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 stats the, yeah like the synchronicities or the really? stories between the Lincoln assassination on one side the Kennedy assassination on the other and glued to the little card was a penny that had of course the Abraham Lincoln and then they stamped in a picture of John F Kennedy and I had this penny for a long time and I've since lost it or no it. but uh, it'd be so cool to find one of those pennies again that you know you could probably find pictures of these online because I think it was a pretty common thing. What were some of the similarities? I mean, I know they were shot, but like... Well, for instance, uh, Abraham Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. John F. Kennedy was elected to Congress in 1946. Exactly, 100 um, years. Some of the, uh, the names of Lincoln and Kennedy each contained seven letters. Uh, both wives lost their children while living in the White House. Uh, both presidents were shot on a Friday. Both were shot in the head. Lincoln's secretary, Kennedy, warned him not to go to the theater. Kennedy's secretary, Lincoln, warned him not to go to Dallas. Whoa. You know, it's just <laughs> things like that. Um, uh, That's insane. Both Booth, John Wilkes Booth, who, who killed Lincoln, Booth and Oswald were assassinated before their trials. So... Um, you know, just there's a whole long list. You'll have to look it up. Uh, Snopes.com has the whole story as well. Wow. Um, but check that one out. If you've never heard of it, uh, definitely something you want to look into. Synchronicity. Wow. And, and maybe we could, uh, I mean, that could be multiple episodes right there as well. It's a police song, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, that song's been playing in my head this whole whole show. <laughs> Well, hey, Billy, thanks for being our special guest, our first guest ever yeah. on this show. Really, yeah. Very happy to be part of it. Yeah. Well, Colton was here once. Oh, that's Colton true. Was, well, but he yeah. was a co-host yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. He wasn't really a, a paranormal dad. This well, no, he wasn't a dad. <laughs> He's a paranormal kid. But that was also fun having him on that hate. <laughs> no, that was really good. Paranormal lad. Paranormal lad. Paranormal lad. Well, hey, uh, you can always yeah, contact us. Billy. What's our social media things, Pat? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Paranormal Dads. We're on uh, uh, Facebook, Paranormal Dads, <laughs> and uh, Snapchat. Oh, not Snapchat. Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. See, I can't even keep keep it straight myself. But uh, we're dads. We don't know that young hip stuff. <laughs> we should do Snapchat. They got the little ghost. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but uh, www.paranormaldads.com is our website. Uh, Check us out, listen to the show, subscribe. Oh, and also a lot of our sound effects uh, today were brought to you by freesound.org. Very cool website. Thanks to them for all the good stuff that they do. And uh, thanks to all you listeners uh, for, for following us. You know, uh, uh, we have a, a good little fan base there of, of loyal followers, paranormal enthusiasts, and just good old open-minded people. So keep your eyes to the skies in terms of uh, seeing some strange things. Watch out for the hills that have eyes. And... Uh, Maybe uh, you'll stumble upon a synchronicity or two. Uh, hopefully it's not on a big boat. Answering the compelling Scary. question, what does a...
stuffed squirrel's butt look like? <laughs> Paranormal dash. We're recording now. <laughs> this would be outtakes? This will be outtakes. <laughs> we are recording and we look good. So I always look good, man. Hot dudes. <laughs> Hot dads. <laughs>